Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. Angelo Ramora. Did I say that right? You did, mate. You, and you're right. You should see the underwear I'm wearing right now. Luckily, people can't see it because it's like under here. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm very happy the camera shot is just head up. There, there you go, mate. There you go. But yes, you got my name right, Tom. Thank you. Good deal. So, you know, I don't know if we've ever talked before online, but I see you everywhere. And, you know, it's it's interesting because real estate investors and especially people who are kind of into the the coaching business per se, and I know you do some coaching, um, everybody seems the same. Everybody's selling the same stuff. Everybody looks the same, but you stand out. You are definitely one of those people that are different from the crowd. Now, is that by design or is that how you were born? Great question, mate. So, Look, I, I truly believe that success comes from doing things differently. Um, and I guess when we talk about branding and we talk about, you know, branding yourself personally, as real estate investors and entrepreneurs, we come into contact with a lot of people on a regular basis. Now, how can you stand out, right? You can stand out in very different ways. You can stand out by the way you dress. You can stand out by the way that you talk. You can stand out by the way you act. Now, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be liked by everyone, Tom. At the end of the day, um, I, I just want to leave an impression. I don't care if it's a good impression. I don't care if it's a bad impression. I just want to be remembered, right? I want you to know who I am. I want you to know what I do. And look, you can't satisfy everyone. People won't like the way you talk. People won't like the way you act. You know, but one thing is make sure your ethics are through the roof. Do the right thing in business. Do the right thing by all of the other clients or investors that you're working with and stand out any way you know how. Uh, you know, as I said, uh, there are many different ways you can stand out. For me in particularly, I'm rude, I'm raw, I'm a very good-looking Australian man in a foreign country, so of course I'm going to use the words like bloody wanker, Nora, Sheila, crikey, look at him go, oi mate, and stuff like that because it catches people's attention, right, and it's something that they remember. So when did you actually come to the U.S. and when did you get started in U.S. real estate? So, mate, I've been here for almost six years now, um, and I initially uh, got off the boat, as I like to joke around, in Kansas City, um, kind of plied my trade there for a good year to a year and a half, um, and, and you know, that kind of led me to starting my own business, and that's when I moved to Toledo, Ohio. Um, I've been here for around five years now, and I grew my, my bread and butter company, Ohio Cashflow, to, to be one of the most reputable and, and best brand of turnkey companies in the country, so... Super humble, mate, to be where we are today and the future's looking bright. So when you came here, was your plan to get into real estate or did you get into real estate after kind of just looking around and seeing what the opportunities were in the market? Yeah, mate. So my main focus coming here was to achieve financial freedom, right? I, I started my real estate journey in Australia and I'm sure that a lot of folks can, um, uh, 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 you know, um, find the common ground here that live on uh, in California and New York. Uh, in Australia at the time, mate, property prices were ridiculously expensive. There was absolutely no cash flow. You know, people were buying these million-dollar properties thinking they're going to go from $1 million to $2 million in the space of three years. So it, it just kind of wasn't sustainable there at the time, mate. And, you know, I made a lot of mistakes when I started my journey as a real estate investor. I was buying high, hoping to sell even higher, 
And we know the number one rule of investing, and as Warren Buffett says, is buy low, sell high, right? It's just common sense. Yep. So, you know, one thing kind of led to another, Tom. Um, the US real estate market came across my desk. And look, I, I just I decided to make the sacrifice. I pretty much left everyone and anyone behind um, back home in Australia, and I moved into the unknown. You know, I ventured off into Kansas City, first of all, and um, kind of started off there. So there definitely was a, a plan in place. I wanted to start, you know, my real estate journey here in the US. I, I wanted to buy as many properties as I, as I possibly could, as quickly as I possibly can. And then I wanted to get myself back to Australia, mate, to be honest with you, because I, I miss back home. I love back home. Um, but, you know, one thing kind of led to another and, and things started expanding for me. And uh, I, I unofficially retired last year, Tom. Um, and I'm going to shut up here. Just let me finish this part. Um, and, you know, if, when you're a true entrepreneur Wait, right, and a true right. businessman. So you're, you're saying that you're, I'm going to get you to stop talking at some point? You will. I'm finish, no, I'm gonna good no way. Here. No way. I've seen all your videos. You're, you're going to be talking a lot. <laughs> Give Go me ahead. 30 seconds. Go so, ahead. Mate, you're breaking my momentum, mate. What are you doing here? <laughs> I unofficially retired last year, right? Yeah. And when I initially moved to the US, it was all about me, buying as many properties as I can, achieving financial freedom, getting that cash flow and going back to Australia. But then what happens over, over two, three or four years for those people that are true entrepreneurs and business people, um, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit kicks in and what you do stops being about yourself, right? Yeah. It starts being about what you created it starts being about people that are involved with your investments or your venture like my investors with a high cash flow and my staff like you know I've got 15 people here in the office that this company supports them supports their loved ones so it's not about me anymore mate it truly is about you know others as corny as that sounds I totally agree with you and I, I got to that point probably within the last year myself and again had kind of some of the similar goals to you buying as many properties as possible being as financially free as possible and now, like I said, it's all about elevating other people and helping them achieve their goals, whether that's staff in my office or people that I coach nationally. So um, why did you pick Toledo, Ohio? I think I know, but, but you tell me what, what ended up getting you there. Mate, we've got some amazing turquoise blue beaches and the sand. It's just gorgeous, man. I mean, it was an obvious decision, but <laughs> So you, you, um, you, come from, you come from a beautiful place and then you go to the most boring city probably in America. Boring, nothing going on except work, eat and sleep. Yes, yes. mate. So look, great question. And, and, I, and I got that question asked a lot of the time in the past. And by the way, mate, this is the first podcast I've done in a while. So congratulations, Tom. <laughs> you, you, you woke up the you work up the um, mate. Look, so you know, in business, you have you have to have mentors, right? And they're the the mentors are going to be guiding you and advising you on on taking the next steps because they've traveled the path that you're looking at traveling on. So before I moved to the US, you know, I was networking with quite a quite a lot of influential real estate investors in Australia. And one thing that they always specified to me, and something that I've taken along with me in business on the journey, is before you look at starting a new business. So before you look at doing a particular real estate transaction, you have to focus on the people first, right? And I say this over and over again, it pisses me off, Tom. I speak to so many investors on a daily basis and they all think they're bloody experts because they can go on Zillow and check out comps. I mean, you gotta be kidding me, right? There's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. and, and the number one thing that everyone has to do, mate, is you have to focus on the people first. You have to establish trust and relationships with the key people before you look at starting a business or doing any particular transaction. So I initially started building relationships from Australia here in the US 
And I established some really strong ties, Tom, in Kansas City, first of all, and Toledo, second of all. And I kind of built off of that, right? I had, I knew that I had the, I had the right people on the ground that I believe, you know, had that long-term type mindset in place because real estate is a long-term play. It's delayed gratification, not about, you know, making your money right now. I wanted someone that was going to be with me for the long run. Um, and then, you know, once kind of, once I kind of felt that I had the right relationships on the ground, that's when I started exploring into the numbers more. And why to leader, mate? First of all, the relationship. Second of all, I can tell you right now, I don't care who's watching. I don't care who's listening. There is not a better B-class market for the price point that what we're buying here and selling here anywhere else in the country. I don't care what anyone else thinks. If they don't believe it, come and see it. I mean, what we can do here in Toledo, Ohio, B-class assets, I don't think that anyone else in the country can do, and particularly with the cash flow that that is that comes with these properties here. So that's why Toledo, Ohio, mate. So it's interesting because I'm in a you know market in Boston where it's very difficult to cash flow. And I talk to people all the time, people in San Francisco, people in LA, and you you literally can't cash flow. I mean, even if you get a 20 or 30% discount on a rental property, you're still negative every month. And then we've got pockets all across the United States like yours, where you can make money on practically, I don't want to say practically anything, but on a lot. So tell us a little bit about the numbers in Toledo, Ohio. Yeah, so mate, for a typical bread and butter uh, a price point that that um, higher cash flow offers, and this this doesn't have to be about a higher cash flow, mate. And I don't want it to be about a higher cash flow. I want to give the audience value. Um, but what we offer, mate, is between fifty to seventy thousand dollars, which will buy a fully renovated and tenanted property, two bedroom, one bathroom, three bedroom, one bathroom. It's around seven to nine hundred per month in rent, eleven to twelve percent gross cap rates. And what we have seen over the long-term historical average since the higher cash flow has been established, which is almost five years now, you're looking at around 8 to 9% net return on investment after all costs are taken into consideration. So for every $100,000 that someone invests, you can kind of you know, get around eight to $9,000 net. But there's one, there's one downside to our market, mate. It's not sexy. There's nothing going on here. And there definitely isn't any capital appreciation. So it's, a, it's, it's just a strictly type buy and hold type uh, area, you you know, you, you park your money here, you set and forget it, and your tenants are going to stay and pay and you're going to get that residual income. But there's absolutely zero appreciation here, Matt. So that's one thing that I definitely want everyone to, you know, take note of. But one thing you mentioned is that you retired last year, right? And I'm going to make the strong assumption that you meant that you've got enough cash flow coming in to pay your monthly expenses without you having to work. Is that correct? That's correct, Mike. And you can't do that with appreciation, you can't. You definitely can't. And, you know, that's an argument that I always have with a lot of folks on the online forums, right? Um, and, and not just that, Tom, capital appreciation is speculating, right? So my investment beliefs are that no one has a crystal ball. We can't predict what's going to happen within the next minute. How can you predict the next year or 10 years, right? So you should invest based on the core fundamentals of that particular transaction. But let's backtrack here a little bit. First of all, Tom, you should invest with the right people, right? Trust and relationships first. If you have the right trust and relationships, then you can start looking at the numbers. Ultimately, mate, break down the numbers, look at the core fundamentals of that particular transaction as the numbers stand today, because those numbers as they stand today don't lie. How much rent are you getting in every single month? What are your expenses? underestimate your income and overestimate your expenses. If the numbers look good and they suit your end goal, then the investment might be worth pursuing further. And here's another little tip. What is your end goal? Like investors need to know 
what cash flow figure they need to achieve and when they need to achieve it. Is it five, 10 or 20 years from now? And then you reverse engineer, you work your way back from that. So let's just say that I want to achieve $100,000 in passive income over the next 10 years, right? I need to break down how many properties I'll need to buy and hold over that time frame in order to achieve my desired passive income goal, right? So, you know, those are my beliefs on capital appreciation, mate. You know, it's unpredictable. And if something's unpredictable, then you can't base any investment decisions on something that's unpredictable, right? So, you know, there you go. Drop the mic. You have one? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think you're right on that. The thing I think that's interesting about capital appreciation as it stands right now, we're talking October 17, 2017, is that there's probably a lot more risk for capital depreciation in a lot of the markets where prices are super high. So, you know, in, in a market like mine, you know, when I compare mine to yours, like I'm not looking at things like I'm doing a lot of 1031 exchanges right now, actually into other markets. And the reason I'm considering doing it, and I've, I've done it a little bit already, is I'm taking my overpriced asset in Boston and putting it into a market that's stable. So for me right now, I like the fact, and I'm sure, I mean, your investors, are they are they typically located in stakes like mine where, where the real estate's kind of in, a, I don't want to say a bubble, but a little bit inflated right now? Yes. Yeah, so my, look, our investors, mate, they all live in expensive markets yes. where you just can't get a good return on investment, right? They tend to be young professionals um, because they like our brand because it's very cooking and it's very out there. Baby boomers, for whatever reason, do not like my Aussie accent and we don't get a lot of baby boomers wanting to invest with us, mate. Maybe I'm just too rude and raw. Even though my reputation is clean, you know, I guess a lot of them like those folks that wear suits but have $500 credit card leads. Anyway, that aside... That's my little rant of the day. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, mate. So young professionals that are very busy, they don't want to deal with the day-to-day fiasco of owning an investment property, dealing with tenants and toilets. Um, you know, they come to us, they're cash buyers. They already have a very good understanding of who we are, what we do, what our process is, mate. I'm proud to say, Tom, that we turn down more business than we take on. Like literally, mate, we turn down 90% of new business just because we don't want to work with everyone. I mean, we want to work with a specific investor that will let us do our jobs, that trusts who we are, trusts our company, trusts our product. Um, but yeah, mate, and you know, just touching on what you said there before, because it's, it's um, um, in my mind right now, you can make, you can make money in any market, mate. I, I honestly believe if, if you can negotiate well and you make money in real estate when you buy, not when you sell, you can truly make money in any market, no matter how expensive it is, because there's always someone that needs to sell at a five sale. You can come in with cash, you can buy cheap. In some of the more expensive markets, you have to manufacture that growth for equity, as I like to refer to it as, meaning you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and put a lot of work into it. You might have to be a development. It might have to be a subdivision. It might, be, it might have to be a complete you know, floor plan revamp where you're doing all kinds of structural stuff. But at the end of the day, mate, you, you can definitely make money in every market, no matter how expensive or cheap the properties are. Um, so yeah, mate, back to you. Let's take a quick break from the episode to get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors. Join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. Yeah. So one thing, <laughs> one thing that's kind of running through my mind right now, you talked about, you know, young professionals that probably read a book like rich dad, poor dad, or something like that. And they get excited about, you know, putting a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars a month in their pocket every month. 
how do they continue to expand? Is it something where they can buy a property from you and then a year later they can refinance, get some of their capital out? Like what are the strategies that the people are, that you at least see people using right now? Or is it that they're just, you know, putting aside that down payment money and just kind of rolling it over? Great question, mate. So anyone that comes to me with only $50,000, I tell them, I don't want you to invest in a high cash flow. Um, I'm a big believer in the saying money makes money, right? And if you have $50,000 to your name and you tie that up with a high cash flow, well, then you're not liquid and you can't go out and use that capital to make more money. Now, if you have a top nine to five job and you're absolutely making a ton of cash, um, that's a different story, right? But most individuals don't, Tom. They make forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, and they spend two or three years saving that money, right? So I don't believe in no money down strategies. I don't believe in low money down strategies. I believe in wholesaling, but doing it right, meaning you've got enough capital to perform on the contract if you don't get someone to buy it from you for more than what you paid for that property, right? So uh, uh, my message to everyone is: look, if, if first of all. If you can't save $50,000 or even $100,000 over two or three years, I can tell you right now, I could save more money working at Walmart for three years. I'll work day and night. I'll do whatever it takes to save that money, right? To start my real estate investment journey, you've got a problem. Like if you can't work hard and be frugal, you've got a problem already in itself. Nothing comes easy. All good things take time. And Tom, all good things take sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice Forget about it. You're not going to get financial freedom. I moved to this country, left everyone and everyone behind to come here to follow my dreams and to make a big sacrifice. And I make a sacrifice every single day where I'm still putting in long hours and, you know, dealing with a lot of day-to-day stuff. Um, so that would be the first thing. Work hard, be frugal, and save as much money as you can. Then start your journey in real estate. Is it going to be buy, fix, and flip? Is it going to be you know, um, buy, uh, buy and hold and refinance out and then add more money to the kitty because you've got a decent paying job so you can continue growing your portfolio. Is it going to be wholesaling? Once again, wholesaling in the right way where you've got enough capital to close on that transaction if you can't get a buyer to close on that contract from you. Um, you know, there are many ways to make money, not just in real estate. Do you need to go get a second job, right? Get a second job. Do you need to go and get a better job? Do you need to work freelance, you know, I don't know, write blogs, create a following and start selling ads. You know, at the end of the day, mate, uh, uh, I don't believe there's an easy way. Unfortunately, there's no, you know, magic recipe to success, overnight success. I, I hate to see a lot of those gurus selling crap nonstop. It really pisses me off. Yeah. I honestly believe mate, it, takes, it takes hard work, um, you know, and, and it takes money. It takes money. You have to, and however you're going to come up with that money, there are many ways to do it. You just have to figure it out for yourself. So I work with a lot of investors that are in similar markets to you across the U.S. And, you know, they, some of them, you know, are interested in starting their own kind of Ohio cash flow in their markets. How do you attract investors from all over the U.S. that want to invest in your, in your market? You want all of my trade secrets now, don't you? I'm going to try to want to I don't want to know them. I can't use them in Boston. I, people invest here. What, what am I going to sell? A negative, a negative cash flow. So no, I. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you my. I'll send you an invoice later, mate. No, I'm kidding. Um, look, first of all, unless you're willing to work around the clock, forget about starting a company like a higher cash flow because there are just too many moving parts to it. Think about it: acquisitions, rehab, getting properties tenanted, sales client relations, marketing, like Warren Buffett, once again, I'm mentioning him, calls it the chain link of error. 
If one link is useless, your chain is not. If one link is broken, your chain is useless, right? So that's one thing that everyone has to keep in mind. Uh, you know, and, and Tom, why I say this is because in my entrepreneurial journey, I've come across so many people that talk to talk, dude. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to start this. Dude, I, I haven't seen too many that performed, right? I always say, stop being a Johnny talker. Become a Johnny walker and make it blue with two ice cubes, right? My, my scotch, my favorite drink, right? So there are, there are fortunately not many people that are willing to walk to walk, mate. So someone that is willing to walk to walk and someone that is willing to not just create a company that's a high cash flow or a turnkey business, but that wants to succeed in real estate and that wants to attract interest and that wants to attract investors, you know, mate, there are a few marketing rules and I'm going to just kind of spout out a few that are on the top of my head. Number one, do people know you exist, right? Number one, do people know what you specialize in? Do people know what your ideal client looks like? And you said when we started off this podcast, you said, Angel, I see you everywhere. You know what I mean? You're loud, you're proud, you're rude, you're raw. Look, to be honest with you, Tom, there is no real specific strategy to what I do. I actually had a meeting with my team today where we really focused on strategy and putting together all of these different marketing aspects to kind of, you know, get more investor applications coming through, to get, to build more hype and buzz, to get more people following who we are and what we're doing. But I just started fine tuning my efforts like four years into my business. Up to this date, I just submitted as much content as I possibly could to the universe. I casted the widest net possible and I, and I was hoping to catch some fish. And then when I caught those fish, mate, I, I, I guess this is not the right terminology, but let me, let, me, let me restart that. You know, when I caught these investors and they became a part of a higher cash flow, we made sure that we went above and beyond for them. Right. And I'm proud to say that no one has lost money at the hands of any one of my businesses or myself. Have I screwed up and lost investor money every single day? But guess what, mate? I put my hand up and I pay for it. That's what people tend to appreciate. And that's how you can start growing your business through word of mouth and referrals. Right. So if you're just starting out and you, and, and, you know, you want to start a business, absolutely work your ass off, work as hard as you can, work around the clock, submit as much content into the world as you possibly can. Once you get the business, you will get the business. Do the right thing by those investors. Make sure that you give them the best possible returns. They can't lose money and they will start to spread the word. And before you know it, mate, you're going to have a lot of raving fans. You're going to have a lot of raving online reviews and you will start getting a lot of business. Mm. So what's your biggest bottleneck right now? Is it finding great deals? Is it finding out-of-state investors? What's your biggest kind of thing that you're focused? What's the biggest thing for the rest of 2017 and 18 that you want to kind of get dialed in? Great question, mate. Operations. Because we have absolutely boomed. Like we have four x our revenue from last year. This is another record year. This is a record month for us. Um, I don't have enough staff. I mean, yes, I'm in Toledo, Ohio. The talent pool is not the greatest here. So, you know, it, that's tough in itself. Um, but, uh, you know, there's always a few things in real estate. It's either you have the money, you don't have the deals, right? Or you have the deals, you don't have the money. Or you have the buyer, but you don't have the finished product. Or you have everything else, but you don't have the operations. Yep. So now I'm at a stage where I've got everything else. Tom, I've got the money, I've got the deals, I've got the buyers. I, I have the operations, but the operations are where I need them to be in order to continue growing this company in, in, the, in the way that it's growing. And that's an absolutely fast pace. We're on a rocket ship right now. Like, jump on board because I'm taking off. Who's Elon Musk? Like, seriously. So, so, so you know, that's one thing that I'm focusing on right now, mate, is um, HR. We, bought, we brought a new CEO on board. Um, sorry, uh, operations is what I'm focusing on. 
We brought a new CEO on board. I just hired human resources. Now human resources is going to kind of fine tune our systems, operations, manuals, policies. CEO is going to kind of, you know, um, um, look at the direction of the company, where it's going, potentially consider expansion, potentially consider doing more deals. So yeah, as I said, mate, this last quarter, we're really focusing on tightening up our operations and getting ready for another big 2018. So... What, I heard a story about you, and I don't know if it was something you put out or someone else put out. Something about you bought a building to give away free coffee, something like that to real estate agents. Is that right? You bought a big pink building or something along those lines? Tell, tell us about that. Because that, that, again, you know, talking about things that stand out, that was a story just, you know, kind of blew my mind. So what I was going to do, and unfortunately, we didn't do it, mate. Um, I was oh, going okay. to uh, the building that I just bought. So we, we bought a, um, a new office. We've got a new headquarters here. It's a 6,000 square foot building, three stories here in Toledo. And there's this little shitty looking house right next door to the building. It's like completely misplaced between these two commercial buildings. And I'm like, you know, what the hell is that thing doing there, right? And I thought to myself, that would be a perfect, perfect house to buy paint the whole house blue or pink and just start giving free coffee to real estate agents that show up there before 9am or 10am. So look, I haven't done it yet. Why I haven't done it is because the owner of that particular property and the building next door is playing hard to get. So mm. I, I guess I still need to still need to kind of bang down his door a little bit, you know, throw the odd banana peel across the fence <laughs> and, and get the tenants pissed off. Um, but yeah, mate, I, I, you know, I always think of crazy things that I can do like that. Like something that we just spoke about today um, uh, from a marketing strategy for a higher cash flow is we're considering giving a house away next year to mm -hmm. one of our investors or someone that's just been following our company. So that's kind of still in the early stages of how we exactly want to go about it. I've got my nonprofit, which is called homegiveaway.org. We gave a house away last year to a family in need. We're getting ready to give a house away this year again to a family in need. And I made the crazy mistake of saying on live television, I'm going to give 100 houses away over the next 10 years. So now I've got to honor that. But, you know, another thing, you know, just backtracking again is, you know, we are planning another, if you want to call it crazy marketing strategy from our, you know, Ohio Cashflow type business where we want to have some kind of competition or get investors following us and, you know, give a house away next year at the end of the year. So it's unique. It's different. It's crazy, Tom. No one does it. And once again, success comes from doing things differently, right? Well, I think at the end of the day, we're all bombarded with marketing messages all day long. So it's becoming harder and harder to get people's attention. So again, when I saw, and again, you didn't even pull it off. So I, in my mind, you already pulled off the coffee idea. So whether or not you did it or not, in my head, I was like, man, that's an interesting concept. And um, so I think you should definitely do it because I think it'll definitely work. And the premise there is that, you know, you're, you're looking for deals for real estate agents, right? Well, no, I've actually got a real estate brokerage that I bought a couple of months ago. Ah. And we've completely branded it. We've got a new concept. I honestly think it's going to be a $100 million business one day. I'm, I'm moving to New York to focus on this brokerage next year. That's how much I believe in the, in the model. So that was kind of the, the initial thought would be, you know, to, to get real estate agents to get these free coffees because this little crappy house is right next to my, my, my building where I've got all of my branding, all of my, my murals are painted on the walls. I mean, Dude, this freaking building is a landmark here in Toledo. It sits out like a sore thumb. I've got this two-ton concrete ball sitting out front of my building, which is my sign, right? So, yep. yeah, that was the play behind that. 
So I'm sure you talk to brand new investors that want to get into this business. What advice would you give them? What's the number one thing that they need to do to be successful? Well, man, you put me on the spot there. The number one thing that they need to do to be successful. Um, well, Tom, that's a good one. I guess, you know, uh, I, I'm going to kind of start off when I look at myself. Why did I succeed and what do I do differently? And even to this day, Tom, I ask myself, what am I good at? And, and there's not one single thing that I can find that I excel at. Is it acquisitions? Is it sales? Is it marketing, branding? I mean, you know, I do it all. But I guess the number one thing that, that I'm good at is when my alarm goes off at 5 a.m., I don't hit snooze, buddy. My ass is in the office at 5.30 and I do not leave until 7 p.m. And, and that, that, in my opinion, dude, has been the number one thing as to why I am where I am today. I, I work extremely hard and I do my absolute best every single day. I leave nothing on the table. I don't use excuses. I make a lot of mistakes. I learn from those mistakes and I just keep pushing forward, dude. Like I'm nonstop on the move. I'm nonstop, you know, pushing forward and I, and I work extremely hard. And I always like to say, even if you don't know what you're doing and even if you don't know where you're going, if you, if you sit yourself in your desk and you commit to sitting in that desk every single day for 12, 13, 14 hours a day, eventually you will figure things out. You will learn how to do certain things of what it is that your kind of bigger picture is, wholesaling, buy, fix and flip, you know, starting a company like Ohio Castle, whatever it may be. So I guess summarizing what I'm saying here, Tom, is you, you have to understand that if you want to succeed in anything, you're going to have to work really hard and you're going to have to make a lot of sacrifice. Not forever, but for a certain amount of time. So with that being said, and I agree with you, I've never seen anybody, and I talk to a lot of real estate investors all over the country, I've never seen anybody that's really, truly successful that hasn't killed themselves. And, but I see so, many, so much advertising out there, get, you know, basically get rich quick. You, know, you can flip 100 homes a year with minimal effort. Why does that exist? And, and what would you say to that type of marketing? It's a bloody joke. Run, run away, mate. Run away. I'm the biggest anti-guru there is. I can't wait to get my TV show because I'm going to shut all of those companies down. Um, dude, it is the biggest scam in real estate. It is the biggest light in real estate. Um, and let me tell you why. So, Tom, if you're sick, you go see a doctor, right? You do not buy a DVD on how to cure bronchitis. Like, you got to be and excuse my French there, just beep it out. I don't care. You got me now. I'm passionate, right? If your car breaks down, you take it to the mechanic. You don't buy a magazine or a course on how to fix your car. If you want to learn how to make money in real estate, go see someone that's making money in real estate and work by their side or at least pay them for their consulting. And then they'll give you one-on-one coaching and advice at how you can make money in real estate, right? You have to speak to these individuals. So all of these seminars, courses, DVDs, all of that mumbo jumbo. I'm sorry. I don't believe in it. I don't think it works. I know the whole circuit. It's a big pump and dump scheme. And it starts from those celebrities, those TV gurus that you see on TV. And all of a sudden you believe them, right? And you think that you can go out there and do what they can because they're promoting a one day free seminar on how to make money in real estate. Tom, 
I'm on track to do over 100 deals this year, a record year for us, along with a lot of other things, like millions and millions of dollars in revenue, a ton of profit. Dude, I'm pulling 15-hour days. My staff of 15, we work around the clock. I mean, that's reality. That, my friend, is reality, right? Seeing these pretty blondes and, and these guys in suits wearing Rolexes, sanding floors in a Beverly Hills home, it is all show. Stop believing the crap you see on TV, guys, please. It is the biggest lie, the biggest joke. Nothing will come to you without hard work and sacrifice, period. There you I love have it. it. I love it. So, <laughs> so any, any final words to anybody um, on the real estate investing field? Tell us, well, let me just ask you, how can people find out more about Ohio Cashflow? The people that I'm talking to, and they, they're going to be watching this in New York and Boston and LA and parts of Texas where you can't get uh, cash flow properties. Yeah, mate, just, um, you know, Google Ohio cash flow, um, Google Angela Ramora. If you can have some notes in the, in the, in the podcast description, that would be great, mate. But you know, we're happy to help. Um, and, um, yeah, mate. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, it was very, very exciting to meet you virtually. Like I said, I've been following your stuff for a long time. Um, you know, like I said, you're probably the most well-branded real estate investor I've seen so far. So keep up the good work, man. And I'm sure we'll connect soon. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.